Welcome to Frankly Speaking. With Mayor B. I'm Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadback. And join us as we delve even deeper into our series, The Hills Have Size. Today, we're going to be talking about The Hills, episode 19, season 3, Paris Changes Everything. It really does. Um, and I only, have, per my personally, I only have a teeny tiny bit of house cleaning. I have to do a mecopa because last <laughs> week I said that Lauren was wearing a headband, but it wasn't the Python headband. And it fucking was the Python headband. I guess the light was hitting it. It made it look gold. But we went back and the scenes from next week, I mean, from the previous week, it showed it. Python headband, back in full effect. Yep. So... And I will also make a mea culpa for the fact that I didn't see the driver's red helmet hair. Oh my God, you guys, I made her watch it and it is life changing. <laughs> it, is, it is actually shocking and I'm embarrassed I didn't notice it the first time. Yeah, it is. It's hysterical. When I said Prince Valiant though, I was pretty close. A hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like fucking purple. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I, I actually said, oh my God. So it's pretty bad. Um, anything about the notes up top? Um, the only note that I have up top, actually, I just put like Brody and LC Python headband because that's when we noticed it. Um, it was just a lot of stuff from last week that we saw. There was a lot of Brody and Lauren. Um, and they were really emphasizing the Brody and Lauren, like possible romance bullshit. And we'll get into that later, but I think that's why. And of course, again, there was some Heidi and Spencer, blah, blah, blah. It almost, it just felt as dramatic as last week. Yeah. You know, setting up all this stuff and now it's like, bum bum. Yeah. Oh, and this episode was twice as long, you guys. It was twice as long because it was the... And it's really weird because at the... And I will say this, and this is jumping ahead a smidge, but it's relevant. At the end of the episode, they actually say, um, this season on the hills. When yeah. they do that. And so they're making it seem like this is a whole new season, and it really wasn't. It's like a mid-season uh, debut. Yeah. But it be, because it was an hour long, well, 41 minutes, but when it actually aired, it was an hour long. Yeah. Well, and you know that all of us were sitting on our couch after three months being like, yeah. So excited. I know, right? <laughs> it's an hour long tonight. Spring was just about to start. Yeah. Like, oh, it's exciting. I, don't, I didn't remember this one being an hour long at all, though. Me neither. We hit, we paused so many times. That's when we noticed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, there's 17 minutes left. How is that possible? Because we have to watch Spencer and Heidi talk some more. Okay. So we open and Lauren and Whitney arrive in Paris and they are at the airport. In Paris. Yeah. And despite the fact that Lauren claimed that Whitney overpacks, it looks like Whitney did have two suitcases as well, but much smaller suitcases than Lauren. Yes. And when Lauren left the apartment, she had two rolling bags. Yes. That's it. Mm -hmm. And like maybe a purse on her shoulder, just playing the odds. In this, she has a full luggage rack. Yeah. And there's a... Because they like, had this like push carts from the airport, like the big ones, like you right, find at Costco. Right. But they, it looked like they each had more than two bags to me. Maybe. Well, no, I looked. So they each had two bags, but then okay. they had other shit sitting on top of it. Okay. Like ran, like purses and coats and, but. Okay. It was just two bags. It was just two bags. Okay. Yeah. Each. Lauren, uh, Whitney's were blue. Lauren's were gray. I saw the blue one. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so the other thing that I noticed, which is important because I think we all remember certain parts of this episode, except for the few of you who have actually never watched The Hills and are loyal listeners anyway. But they are both carrying garment bags. But what, here's the weird thing. So I didn't see the garment bags on the luggage trolleys. No, but I saw them on their arm in the shot. Yeah, which yeah. is weird, right? It made yeah. no sense. So they're like, they're pull, pushing their luggage trolleys through the airport. They see Stefan, who's their driver, has a sign that says Conrad Port. 
they go to the car. Then when they get to the car, magically there are garment bags. Yeah. That we never saw. Not in the cart, nowhere. Yeah. So that was weird. Yeah. Very strange. I, I don't know what's going on with MTV. I think it could have just been a shot of them loading some things into the car. Uh, yeah, but it was weird. It was very weird. Um, so they get in the car with the driver who remind me of his name again. Stefan. Stefan. I like Stefan. I, I like Stefan too. Yeah. I would like to have sex with Stefan. I was going to say. He seemed age appropriate for me. He was very cute. <laughs> I was going to say, I would. would yeah, you? I would. Yeah, I would. I would too. I'd be up on it. Yeah. Um, and so he's driving them around Paris and Lauren and Whitney are very excited. And actually I will say to counteract my argument from last week that Lauren seems like she has a first timer's excitement. I agree. For seeing the Eiffel Tower and things like, it doesn't seem like she faked it. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> taking it back. Um, but I like that the driver says, it's a new world. It's up to you. They're really laying on the fact that they really Paris are. can change everything. It's a magical wonderland. Yeah. So then Stefan, they said, I wonder what we're doing first. You know, like they already, like Lauren said last week, she already wants to fuck off and have a day off. <laughs> and Stefan says, uh, you have an itinerary in the seat. <laughs> and it was a fancy itinerary. It was like in a leather bound yeah. filofax thing. It was fancy. <laughs> I said, dear Lauren, you don't get a day off and get to work. <laughs> so they say that they have to run some errands and pick up their dresses and... Whitney says, do you know the names of these or the locations of these stores? And he says, just, you know, which stores? And this is where Whitney says, oh my God, I almost passed out. Gavinci. Yeah. Gav for Givenchy. She says, Gavinci. Miss High Fashion. Miss I Work at Team yeah. Vogue. Gavinci. Yeah. It was like her Versace moment. <laughs> She yes. full on had a Nomi Malone Versace moment. Yes. And I feel like Lauren didn't laugh at her enough. Stefan was very respectful I would have been rolling around on the floor of that car making fun of her. Also, I think she's convincing it with Da Vinci? Da Vinci painter. Oh, yes. Givenchy, Givenchy designer. designer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then they're also going to Alberta Ferretti mm -hmm. and Colette. Is it Alberta or Boteau? I think it's Alberta. Oh, it is? I thought it was Alberto. I don't know. Do you want me to check real quick? Yeah, check real quick. Um, while you're checking that, like, check it real quick. Yes. Um, they listed all the places they were going. And this is where things get a little strange because they were talking about... The, so what they have to do is they have to go to Ferretti to get dresses. And they had to go to Colette to get shoes. Now, when they land, it is totally light outside. Um, and... and very light, like not even dusk-ish. It is Alberta. Oh, it is Alberta. Okay, so it's a woman. I stand corrected. Yes. So um, they were acting like they were in a bit of a time crunch, which seems weird to me. I, I, I have not been to Paris. I don't know when time stores close. But that they had stuff to do in a certain amount of time. And when they get to the store, it's pitch black. Right? Right. Like, so what time do we think they landed? It looked to me like they landed at like three in the afternoon. I mean, it was pretty bright. Yeah, but look at this time of year right now. So we know that this is late November. By 4.30, almost 5, it's dark. True. So they're driving in from the airport, they're stopping at a single store, and then they go to the next one and it's dark. But the next one's closed. Maybe the store closed at 5. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's what I was asking. I don't... To like... me, that seems very early for a Parisian fashion store. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought 8 <laughs> at the latest. Like, it would close at 8, if I had to guess. So... There was a little bit of weirdness with that. I mean, it was like pitch black, like dark, dark. Yeah. Well, so the other thing that we discovered, at least in previous years, this ball has been over Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Do French people celebrate Thanksgiving? 
No. Okay. But I think it's that the ball is on the November 25th. Because we established that it was on November 25th this year. Right. It was on November 25th in the episode we were watching. Maybe it's just always November 25th. Yeah. Like, no matter what day of the week it is or anything else to do with it. Yeah. Well, I also I... thought it was interesting that Lauren and Whitney didn't mention Thanksgiving. Like, we're going to miss Thanksgiving. We won't be home for Thanksgiving. They never mention anything. And actually, you know what? They were probably fucking flying on Thanksgiving. They flew on a Thursday. Yeah. No mention whatsoever. Skinny people don't eat Thanksgiving, maybe. I guess. But I feel Tragedy. like Elsie should have been home and her parents. Like, she's a mama's... I mean, a bad daddy's girl, baby's girl, whatever. <laughs> She should have been in the OC. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, but Pushing the, stuffing around her plate, pretending yeah, like she's eating. Just licking the fork. Um, so the important part of this is that they, they're debating about their itinerary and whether or not these are actual appointments or whether they just need to breeze by at their leisure, basically. Yeah, there was a little bit of confusion as to... And that, what makes no sense to me is that an itinerary in my world has times. Yes. <laughs> it's not just a list of places no. you have to be at some point. An itinerary is like 11.15, do schedule. this. Mid noon, do this. 1.15, do this. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so they probably were appointments. Yeah. Um, so they decide to pick up their own ball gowns instead of going to pick up some shoes for these debutantes. Correct. And when they get to the shoe store after picking up their ball gowns, the shoe well, store... Well, first they go to pick up their ball gowns yeah. and they talk to... What was that guy's name? Tough call, tough call. Let's Give just me call some... him Frenchie McFrencherson. I was gonna... <laughs> I think it's Andreas or something like that because... Yeah, he was gross. He had like eight pounds. Um, he and <laughs> he, he doesn't eat stuff And either. despite the fact... Do you want to talk about Whitney's leggings? Because I love them. You hated them. I, uh, they're actually in my next segment, but I, I didn't hate them. I just said she looked like Pippi Longstocking. Well, but I thought it was interesting that she was wearing stripedy leggings and he was wearing a stripedy shirt. He had a black shirt on... <laughs> And underneath it, he a short sleeve black shirt, and he had a long sleeve black and white striped top underneath it. Right. And she was wearing like a beige and white striped legging. So yeah. I think I'd have to pull back into my memory, but I guess it was a really stripedy time. 2007. I guess so. Well, also, Whitney's not the only one in this episode that looks like Pippi Longstocking, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and sidebar, according to, like, to Whitney's <laughs> outfit, my favorite outfit when I was 16 in 1989... Um, was I had black and white striped tights that I wore underneath jean shorts that were cuffed with um, scrunchity socks and my black, like, thick-soled creepers, and it was my fave outfit. That sounds fierce. It was amazing. I'm I look like Raggedy Andy. Why don't you just do that now? I might. Bring it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, the shoe store is closed. Closed. They, and they, like, pull on the door. And here's the other thing. If you work for Teen Vogue... And you have a con. I'm sure there was contact information for people at Colette. And you get there, and the store is closed. Wouldn't you give someone a ring a ding ding and be like, "Hey, we're here to pick up the shoes. Like the store is locked. Is like, what's the deal?" Yeah. Or I would call my boss and say we got caught in traffic. I would make something up. Well, and the other thing too is this becomes a non-issue. Yeah. They made it seem like like all of us. And I remember watching at the time, being like. <gasps> Oh my God. Like they couldn't get the shoe stores close. What are they going to do? And it, it was never mentioned again. Like, I guess they just went the next morning, got the shoes. It was fine. Yeah. When they go to the photo shoot, they literally just have a bag of shoes with them. Yeah. I know. So then we have a cut back to the United States, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we are in Crested, Crested Butte, Butte with Heidi skiing with her mom. And have we met Heidi's mom before now? Yeah. 
We Last did. time when Spencer went to Crested Butte. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so Darlene they, yeah. and Tim. We've met Darlene and Tim before. That's right. Because we were calling him Touchy, touchy Tim. Touchy Tim. But he's then, not. not he's not. Disclaimer. Not yep. Touchy Tim. <laughs> Our bad. Um, so anyway, they go into the ski lodge at the top of the mountain and they're... It was called Camp for Coffee. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, they have some cocoa. And <laughs> Heidi's mom has this like enthusiasm for Heidi that... I commented on actually the first time we met Darlene. There you go. And she still has it. She's like, this is so fun. We can have cocoa. It's like, yeah, (laughs) just relax, Darlene. Darlene also had the most amazing skiers tan. Like she had the goggle tan, like the full on. She definitely skis a lot. Heidi didn't have it, but Darlene definitely spends a lot of time on that mountain. Yeah. And Heidi is doing this thing. And I think she did it last episode too, where she doesn't know kind of how to act these emotions that she's supposed to be acting. So she kind of just does this dead face. She just says like, yeah, I needed my mama, but there's no emotion behind it. It's just kind of odd. And she says, you know, being here, I just, I can't help but think of Spencer. It just, they're so fed to her. It's really unnatural. Yeah. I mean, I know that that's been the case for a long time, but I feel like it's getting worse. Well, and as we all know, this is like, According to everything we now know in 2016, all of uh, allegedly all of the Spencer Heidi family drama was fake. That his family supposedly really liked her, him. This yeah. was all bullshit. Yeah. So I think what was really going on is maybe she went home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, she was just home for Thanksgiving, and she's trying to have to pretend like things so are bad. Wrong. And I think her mom's just a better actress than she is. Her mom is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so then what's funny about the end of the scene is that Heidi's mom goes on this speech about, you know, if Spencer's not willing to do all these things and if he's not, and if he's not, and if he's not, and then the shot just ends. Yeah. Then, then what? 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 Nothing. 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 Oh, and also we got our timeline a little bit wrong because it was Crested Butte. Then we went to the store to pick up the dresses and Colette and all that stuff. So yeah. we messed we up a little, ahead bit. a little bit. Um, and I will say that I have one little note more about the Colette shoe store when they get there. Um, when they're talking about what to do about the shoes, um, Whitney, God lover says we may have to get them in the morning. She is. She's so really many... inking it up lately. This episode. <laughs> so the best part for me about Whitney's pronunciation of I N G is that Frank and I make eyes at each other. When we watch the episode, every time we hear it, <laughs> We heard it a lot in this episode. I mean, this was an hour-long episode, so we heard twice as many. Heard it quite a bit. Yeah. And then um, my other thing is that, and I think this also happened before Crested Butte, they're in the car um, with Stefan. Yes. And Lauren, they, they're they're commiserating about, like, Colette being closed. What are we going to yes. do? And Lauren says, um, oh, it's going to be fine. It's our first day. Like, it's not a big deal. We'll work it out. Like, who's going to care? Well, Lauren, do you know how fashion works? Yeah. And how fucking fashion shows work? Everyone's going to care. And they're going to fucking set you on fire. Yeah. Like, and as we will see in later episodes when Kelly Catrone arrives in full force, like, she will literally set your fucking ass on fire. Totally. Well, and so then the other thing that they say is, you know, in this case, either we go naked or the girls go shoeless. And they both agree. I think they'd rather we go go naked. naked. It's like... Yeah, you do understand the severity then. Stop trying to smooth it over. (laughs) And then poor Whitney is like hyperventilating and she says she feels nauseous and she starts (laughs) taking deep breaths in the back of this car. Oh, I thought Lauren felt nauseous. It was Whitney? It was Whitney, Whitney. okay. Yeah. Um, So then we are back in the United States and we are in LA. At Chez Ambiance. Yes. And Spencer is doing sad 
activities in the kitchen and his best friend Stephanie stops by. My favorite, though, is that when she stops by, she's like, what's going on in here? Because the house is apparently a pigsty. Are we supposed to believe that Heidi is the one? Oh, no, we do know that because Heidi cleaned up for Lauren. Yeah. Because Lauren says Heidi makes him be... Oh, no, no. She says Audrina makes him be clean. Yeah, but Heidi was definitely cleaner than Lauren. But do you think... Well, yeah, Heidi probably does clean up for Spencer. But it was really fake and dumb. So there was just, like, candy wrappers and stuff on the counter. It was stupid. There was, like, an empty smoothie cup. I yeah. saw Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> I mean, how much mess can you make in, what, a day? Two days? It hasn't been long. Yeah. So this is where we get our second Pippi Longstocking of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie has two really thick, you know, French braids down each side of her head. Which is not helping the fact that she hasn't had her fucking hair done in about six weeks. She's got some serious roots. Yeah. And she also has huge hoop earrings on and some really heavy eye makeup. Yeah. And it's not quite fair to call her Pippi Longstocking because what my note says is slutty Swiss miss. I would say Pippi Horsestocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Pippi's braids stick out. Stephanie's were straight down. But, you know, she she's seen better mornings. Um, so... She starts asking Spencer about what he's going to do to try and get Heidi back and things like that. And he says, I'm going to go to the mountain. Like... I don't even want to talk about that phrase anymore. That's what he says. It's very Lord of the Rings of him. Yeah, exactly. Um, And (laughs) he said, I don't know what else to do. And Stephanie, this might be the best line of the whole episode. She said, why don't you write down a list of everything you've done and then do the opposite? (laughs) I love that. I wrote the same thing down. It was so good. good. It was really good. That's something that we could use with almost anybody. Anybody. Yeah. I could probably do it. Write down a list of things (laughs) you've done and do the opposite. So then... um, Oh, Lauren and Whitney are in their hotel room. And again, they they say they're supposed to get an itinerary every day. And then at that very moment, did you see the paper slide under the door? No, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and they pick it up. and Tell they, surprise. Yeah. They have to be at a photo shoot at 1030, given we don't know what time it is now. But then they say, who takes faster showers? And Lauren says, well, I guess today I take 20 minutes. Well, what I thought was weird, too, is she said to Whitney, have you showered yet? So I'm assuming they had their own rooms. Like, they're making it seem like they were staying in the same room. But I'm sorry if I was staying in the same room with someone, I would know if they'd showered yet. So I guess they actually had their own rooms. I don't... However, Lauren looks road hard and put away wet. She does. And we'll talk about (laughs) why in a minute. Like, we have a lot of continuity errors. And we'll get Uh, to that in a minute after we get back from Crested Butte. But I mean, maybe she was blacked out and didn't hear it. I have no idea. uh, That's being way too kind. They have separate rooms. But... Lauren has seen better mornings also. Yes. Um, so then we're back in Crested Butte. Uh, and we're back in Crested Butte because Spencer, of course. No, no, no. We're no? Not. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So Spencer has decided to take it upon himself to listen to no one um, and just show up in Crested Butte to surprise Heidi. He went to the mountain. And one of my notes about this is that he apparently has rented the world's dirtiest rental car. Yeah. He pulls up at Heidi's parents' house and this car is covered. Like, you know how in the winter when your car just looks like has gray dust looking all over it from the snow? That's what his rental car looked like. I'm sorry, that rental car did not get that way from the airport to their house. Because it's fucking Darlene and Tim's car that he drove. (laughs) Or he's been there for days because it's fucking Thanksgiving and that's where he went for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, that's what's going on. I know. Like, this is bullshit. It's stupid. And I also, I will say actually that the stepdad is a decent actor also. Spencer pulls into the driveway and he goes, what the heck? Um, I have a lot to say about Tim because not only did he say what the heck, but later he says, geez. Yeah. He's trying really hard not to swear on TV. Yeah. He's like the dad on Leave it to Beaver. He's like Ward Cleaver. 
Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Holy Moses. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I was watching Fargo the other night. He's kind of like the dad in Fargo. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I also don't believe that when Spencer pulls up, he's conveniently shoveling the driveway. Although it seems like the snow has been there for a while. Um, and I don't believe that they don't have someone that comes in fucking clouds. So, I mean, the snow's four feet high. Like, he's not shoveling it by... I mean, give me a fucking break. We used to shovel our own, but... That that high? Snowblower. But that's what I mean. Snowblower. He had a shovel. He'd touch it up with a shovel. I don't know. I, I think it was totally like, hey, Tim, go stand in the yard with a shovel. I mean, of course Spencer's it was. Coming. It's the fucking hills. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing along. So, I also like that after he says, what the heck... Spencer says he hasn't heard from Heidi and didn't know if she was coming back. And he said, there's always a phone call. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And also, this is only 2007. I'm sure her parents in rural Colorado had a landline. Well, Spencer does imply later, because he says, I've called her phones, that maybe he did try. I, who knows? Whatever the fuck. What he said was, her voicemail box is full. And her phone goes straight to voicemail or something. Okay. The only way her phone voicemail box is full is because Spencer filled it. I know. Because no one else is fucking calling her. But what I'm saying is that even in 2016, almost 2017, my in-laws still have a landline. Yeah. If my husband went missing for a few days, I would probably call his parents' oh, landline. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. Because I mean, they were staying at a hotel in Crested Butte and having Thanksgiving <laughs> with her goddamn family. That's what was going on. Yeah. That is a thousand percent what was happening. Yeah. I also like that Tim got out of dig and said, she's happy here. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he also say something like we're team Heidi or like Heidi's our first priority or something along those lines? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that's what his t-shirt said under his hideous parka that made him look like an extra in Aspen Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. It's an amazing movie. Oh. And I also love the South Park like parody of it. It's so good. It's so good. French fries, pizza, French fries, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Aspen Extreme is like a skiing and cocaine movie. Um, I don't like skiing, but I used to love cocaine, so. No, and it's got Fanola Hughes in it, who I adore. I mean. Amaze. Yeah, staying alive. So then we were back in Paris, and we are at the photo shoot at the Creon Hotel. I should have mentioned that last time that yes. the ball is actually named for the hotel where it's held. It's not that interesting. Oh. But anyway, and Kimball is there. And Kimball, I will say, has redeemed himself because he's changed his hair a little bit and he's not quite as Mr. Smithers as he was last week. But still, gross. Not yeah. a fan. I yeah. hate, like, pay, like waif-thin, self-important homos. And he is the king of them. <laughs> I really... I do think that he was in Lisa Love's Gaggle of Gays. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And I think that he and the guy from the other store if they ever had sex, they would start a fire because it would be like <laughs> two sticks rubbing against each other and the hotel, the room would just burst into flames. They're just kindling. <laughs> just kindling. Yes. <laughs> so true. Oh, and horrifying. It'd be so knobby and just, oh. Yeah. Just no. a lot of protruding hip bones everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, anyway, um, Lauren and Whitney are apparently helping out with this photo shoot, but what's interesting to me and this carried through the episode also is that Lauren's doing nothing. No. 
Whitney at least is kind of buckling shoes or holding things or, oh no, in this scene, she was interviewing the young debutantes. The only thing I heard Kimball ask Lauren to do was to get one of the debutantes information. Like, can you get her email or whatever the fuck? Also, why wouldn't Teen Vogue have that? She's a Parisian debutante. And later in the episode, when we see all the debutantes lined up for their group photo, there are not more than 30 girls. No. That's being kind. It's it's more like 20. I mean, this for sure was like, we're giving Lauren busy work. Yeah. Um, Whitney's wearing a really awful jacket in the scene. The white thing with the puffy sleeves. Yeah. It looked a little Nancy Reagan or something like that to me. And it just looks old. Well, and the one debutante that we get to see is Josephine. Yes. And my only note is that she has no tits. Well, because she's like a child. She's 18. I'm just, I mean, I had them at 18, but some girls don't. No, but I'm not even talking about no tits. I'm talking about like fucking concave mm-hmm. chest, like none. Some women don't have big boobs. Like some, some women are flat. That's why God invented surgery. <laughs> like at least get a B cup. Come on. Like if you're going to, if you have the, if you're a French debutante, you've got cash. Yeah, but French women don't give a fuck. I thought they liked to at least be a nice A cup. She wasn't even an A cup. No, I know. But like, that's the thing that is so admirable about the like French aesthetic of beauty is that they don't give a fuck. They like French women are beautiful just because they don't give a fuck. That like, I swear to God. Uh, well, I respectfully disagree because she was not beautiful to me. I didn't, I don't remember who she we're had about. like a chalkboard for a chest. Well, I don't remember who we're talking about anyway. She shows up later at the actual party. It's weird for whatever reason. The white things yes. across her shoulders. Yeah, yeah. that was her. Okay. I don't know why, but she was featured more prominently in <laughs> the rest and her name was Josephine. But yeah, no tits. She's someone's daughter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not a plastic surgeon's daughter. That's for goddamn sure. Ooh. <laughs> I like that you're body shaming a teenager I am. from 10 I'm years gonna ago. I'm going to body shame the yeah. shit out of her. Great. Um, Throw some... Socks in there and call it a day. <laughs> they had water bras in 2008. She could have done something. True. Um, I also love that Kimball is speaking to this group of French teenagers in English. Not even slowly, not with, you know, gestures, not... He's not really being accommodating to the fact that they might not speak English. He says, Teen Vogue loves smiles. Oh, really? Okay. I'm assuming, though, that, like, French debutantes probably learned English in high school, so... Probably, yeah. but... Just putting it out there. I like to be an only American and just assume everyone speaks English, so I'm on board with that. <laughs> Except for when you tried to speak Chinese. I didn't try. I did. Oh. <laughs> okay. And um, Cantonese. Right, right. You know you know all of them. Yeah. <laughs> they sound a lot alike. Don't make t- me get started right now. No. I could do the rest of this podcast in <laughs> no, Chinese. <please> don't. <laughs> we'll get kicked off the air and we'll offend a lot of people. Um, so then Audrina calls Lauren in the middle of this shoot. Drunk. At 2.30 yes. in the morning LA time. Yes. Um, and she said that she was at Ledoux and she ran into Frankie and Brody. And Lauren's actually excited for her at first. She goes, oh, that sounds fun. Lauren, you go to Ledoux with Frankie and Brody all the goddamn time. I, I'm glad you still love it, but you do that all the goddamn time. And Brody was with the girl and kept calling the girl his girlfriend. Yes. And Lauren says, girlfriend, and looks all sad. I have so much to say about this okay. on so many levels. I actually really liked what Whitney said. <laughs> so first of all, if this was relevant or true, which none of it is who gives a shit because Lauren and Brody are just friends, but what kind of heart, and, and I get it, when you're in your early 20s, I probably did the same thing, but as an adult now, when your friend is in another country working and allegedly having the time of her life, you don't call her with bad news. No. Like, you don't. That's a shit bag move. Like, there's nothing Lauren can do about it. All it's going to do is make her feel like shit. 
Like, why the fuck would you even call her and say like, oh my God, I know you're in Paris having the time of your life, but let me rain on your parade, Barodi's with another girl. Like, that's a shitty, shitty, shitty thing to do. Also, she'll be home in days. Yeah, I know. Stupid. So stupid. And I'm a little surprised at how acting, like Lauren acted depressed and upset and whatever. I mean, good for you, Lauren. Good on you. Because we all know that you don't give yeah. two shits about Brody and whatever. I actually thought that last episode too, Lauren's kind of stepping up her game a little bit. Yeah, she is. I mean, because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt there was nothing between her and Brody. So no, nope. Um, I like that Whitney just left and said, wow, that took two days. Yeah. And then says, you know, we can find boyfriends in two days. Right. But Lauren's upset by her comment. Like she's replaceable in two days. Or now, she fakes it. Do we now want to talk about all the continuity errors that we started to discover when this phone call came? Okay. So let's do this scene in Colorado first. Okay. Where Heidi discovers that Spencer is at her parents' house. Uh, you mean the most awkward entrance in a television reality show or drama ever? Yes. Yeah. Um, Heidi looks very 2007 winter at the time. Well, first of all, you guys, so Spencer and Tim are sitting in the... We have a shot of Spencer and Tim in the living room of Heidi's parents' house. Yeah. And they're sitting there very awkwardly and uncomfortable with each other. Tim, you can tell Tim's just like, what do I do with this guy? I don't want to be here. And Heidi and Darlene enter and go ahead. Well, Heidi's wearing mucklucks mm-hmm. with pom-poms. Yep. Amaze. And I think a Burberry scarf. Yes. And her hair is in a slick back ponytail. Mm-hmm. And this is where I notice how wonderful Heidi's makeup looks, actually. Amaze. And I think she's doing it herself. Because she's in Colorado. They have makeup people in Colorado. It looks a little better than that. Just putting it. Well, no. Crested Butte, though. I've done a little Crested Butte research. Is it kind of like Aspen? Is it a little money? It's not as much as Aspen, but it is money. And people go there to ski and whatever. I'm sure there's like some fancy makeup So she's still got it done. But it looks great. It it looked amazing. I actually like it better than her LA makeup. Yeah, it looked great. Um, So... I, I don't even know that I can pinpoint what's so awkward about this scene, except for the fact that Heidi just doesn't want him there. No one wants him there. That's what yeah. made it awkward. Darlene yeah. doesn't want him there. Tim doesn't want him there. Heidi, like, no one wanted him there. So Darlene just kind of heads straight for the kitchen and says, hey, hun, you want to help me? And Tim's just like, yep. Oh, no. She goes, can you want to come in here and help me with something? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's just go like move stuff around the counter in the kitchen. I'll I'll help you with something. And Heidi's house is teeny weeny tiny. Yeah. I mean, it's not like It'd a be big. Like if you went into the kitchen right yeah. now to get away from me, if I went five feet away from you and was like, well, I'm just gonna randomly move stuff in the kitchen while the kids talk, and we pretend like we can't hear them. Yeah. Um. And so Heidi and Spencer have a really painful exchange, and she says that she doesn't know what to say. And he said that he came there for her, and she said, No, this is not about me. This is about you. And was there anything else? Not really, but I would like to say this. (laughs) This My next note says Heidi's makeup is on fleek. It is on fleek. Um, What I would like to say about this is this, is if they were really fighting and this was authentic, which it's not, I think that this gesture actually would have gone over like gangbusters. I think Heidi's the kind of person that if someone flew halfway across the country to surprise her and say like, I fucked up, I was wrong, I would... I think she would have welcomed him with open arms. I I think that part of the reason this is so inauthentic is because she was acting like, ugh, why are you here? I think that, I'm sorry, she's a grand gesture person. She's from a small town. I think she would have been like, oh my God, he flew all this way and brought me flowers. And I, she would have been thrilled. Yep. I agree. Wrong. Um, So now we're back in Paris. Yep. And 
so this is, we can get into the timeline now. You guys. <laughs> oh my God. It's like the fucking matrix. It's, we paused <laughs> just so many times trying to figure out what day of the week it was. Uh, it's like Inception. Yeah. So Lauren and Whitney left LA on Thursday. So they said. They said it several times. This all happens on Thursday. And it was very sunny. So we're guessing like two, three in the afternoon, which would be around midnight Paris time. Right. So red eye. They took a red eye. Which would have gotten them to Paris Friday morning. No, it's a long flight though. It's longer than it is here. Well, from here to Paris is what? Six hours, seven hours? Right. So, so it would have been like 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they took like a midnight Paris time flight. They got there at noon. One. Okay. On Thursday. That might work On Friday. Though, because then by the time they got through customs and they had to be the last people out because of the stupid filming thing when yeah. they meet Stefan and then the stores are closed by five. Well, let's kinda, say this. Let's say up. the car picked them up at three, which means the flight probably left at five. Okay. Which is 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So yeah, like midnight Paris time. Land at noon, do all that bullshit, get in the car at 3. Yeah, so basically they it, it's Thursday night. They did all their bullshit. So now we're at Paris. We believe, <laughs> because what we this is what we think. We think that the photo shoot we saw with the girls yeah. was in actuality on Saturday afternoon. Or I could still see it being the day of the ball because that girl you were talking about, the flat chest, is wearing the same dress again. I wonder if they styled well, her they, twice. They shot them all for the magazine in their dresses for the ball, and then they wore the dresses to the ball. Right, but the ball was on Sunday. I know, but I'm saying I think the photo shoot was Saturday afternoon. Okay. The ball was Sunday. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, I was saying they, there is a possibility both could have been the same day. Yes, there is, but I have a feeling they broke it up a little bit. I would hope But either so. way, this is where things get fucked up and weird. So we've already seen the photo shoot, which was either Saturday or Sunday. Yes. And they arrived third. So we saw them arrive. Yep. We see the photo shoot. Yep. Then all of a sudden. Yep. It is now what we think is Friday night again. Yes. Because <laughs> what? Because they are going out with this French band, Rock and Roll. Rock and roll. Yeah, rock, rock and ampersand roll. roll. Um, apparently they met in LA because of Audrina. Ave. Um, and I looked a few things up about this band, and really what's interesting about the band is that the French version of Rolling Stone magazine rated them the best band of 2006? Or was it 2008? It was an even number. It wasn't 2007. It was 2006 because the band was in... Functioning from 2005 to 2009. Yes. So then um, Carl Lagerfeld actually shot the cover of their first album. And then they also starred in a Roberto Cavalli fashion campaign for spring 2008. So a band member has some serious connections happening in this band. Yeah, because none of them are that cute. I mean, Mateus is cute, but the rest of them not so much. I think he's cute. No, he um, is, but the other ones aren't. Well, it's funny. I think we talked about this in the episode where Jessica guest And I feel like I said the French guy was cute and I was vetoed. Just I, well, I'm taking it back then because now watching it again, he was very cute. He, I mean, he definitely looks like kind of like a, 
kind of a smelly, gross French guy, but in a way that I'm okay with. He reminded me of um, a younger version of, I'm drawing a blank, what's the guy who was in um, 13 Going on 30? The actor. Mark Ruffalo? Yes. Oh. He looks like a young Mark Ruffalo. I can see that. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, however, the rest of the band is really unfortunate looking. Oh my God. We'll talk a little bit more about it later when we get into the club, but yes. Well, so this, this is where we actually meet them all though. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. when we talk about the actual club scene, I will talk about the okay. unfortunate. So, but Lorna or and Lauren and Whitney get to this club to meet this band. Yes. And I called them the bad skin club. Um, that's what I was going to say. The blonde one. Oh God. Oh, because wait, it wasn't a club. It was a bar. The club is later. Yeah, the club's later. Okay, so they're at like a... And it actually, it seemed like a brasserie. Like not even a, a bar. It was like a brasserie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the blonde one. Oh my God, dude. Like I had shitty skin in high school. I've had shitty skin most of my life. Oh my I God. I have no reason to judge. It was rancid. It was bad. Like he needs a proactive commercial. Like it was bad. It was shiny and bumpy. And the fact that he was sucking on a cigarette while like showing off his bad skin. I was like, well, that's not helping you. And they were all chain smoking. It was delicious. Looking. I mean, that part was fine, especially when Matthias did it. Yeah. But the guy with skin and then they showed one of the other guys and he had skin problems too. Yeah. The blonde one was bad though. Yeah, it was really bad. So then Matthias has taken to Lauren a little bit immediately and says, Lauren, have you seen the Eiffel Tower yet? You know, like, <laughs> she's like, no, I haven't. And he says, you know, we should walk there and just pop champagne at the bottom. And she's like, well, the, the, the bad skin guy says that. He's like, true. oh, we should get champagne. And pop it right at the bottom. And Lauren gets very excited and they leave this restaurant, bar, whatever they're at. I also wanted to drink whatever delicious red thing she... It looked like a, like a strawberry parade. It was delicious looking. It actually looked like... Um, it looked like a strawberry bellini, it, but made with real fruit. I actually thought it looked a little raspberry. I was, I Maybe raspberry, it. yes, but it was a very dark red with actual fruit. Like, it looked good. Yeah. Well, Lauren loves champagne, though. Remember we had that debate? Champagne, yeah. She loves it. Yeah. Um, so... Then they go to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, they go to the yeah, Eiffel Tower. They go, same scene. And actually, the blonde one who suggested popping champagne's really bad at it. That's what I was going to say. Like, you're <laughs> fucking French. Like, it spewed the poop and it, like, exploded and everywhere. And he has to hold it out and let's, like, half the bottle go. Yeah, dum de dum 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 What Frenchman is bad at popping champagne? I mean, unless they bought, like, a warm bottle somewhere and it got shaken up on the way there. But it was terrible. Like, I opened champagne better than that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, in fact, I've never in my life had a champagne explosion. Like, you just twist it and hold it in your hand. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It, I've never had an explosion. It was today. pathetic. Yeah. It was fucking pathetic. Yeah. Um, so, then the girls are back at the hotel. After they pop the champagne, we don't go back to Colorado. We are back at the Lauren and Whitney's hotel. Yes. And they are fiddling with the English to French dictionary. And Lauren says that Brody is a coup. And... Whitney said, what did she guess? I don't remember. Well, no, she didn't guess then. She guessed later at the next word. Right. And Lauren said, he's scum. And then she says, I need to find a rebondeer. And Whitney says, hmm, a real man? <laughs> no, a rebound. So then Lauren gets a text message, presumably from Matthias, the mm -hmm. French guy. And says they are going to nightclub Neo, and apparently it's really fancy. Yeah. So this starts Lauren's wardrobe conundrum. 
I have so much to say about this. Me too. I'm really pissed about it. Watching it again made me even more upset. So Lauren says, well, you've seen the dresses that I bought. None of them are fancy. I mean, I could wear a pencil skirt. Yeah, she's like, I have all pencil skirts. Also, what about a hot pencil skirt with like a tank top or something in a club isn't hot? Um, with some nice heels? What isn't fancy enough about that? The two main things I have to say, and I put in all caps, is buy a fucking dress. <laughs> You're goddamn Lauren Conrad. In fact, you could probably just call the concierge and say, have Valentino send me a motherfucking dress in size four or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or borrow one of Whitney's. I know. Whitney brought dresses. Borrow yeah. one of Whitney's dresses. I know. But because she didn't do any of those motherfucking things, tell them what she didn't say. So Whitney makes a joke and says, well, we have our ball gowns. And Lauren says, she walks over to her ball gown and she's examining the bottom. And she's saying that she can just do a running stitch and shorten the length of the dress with kind of like a single stitch on each side. So kind of um, in the seam where it won't make a hole or anything like that. And Whitney says, what are you doing? (laughs) Lauren explains how she's going to do it and says, I've done it with several of my prom dresses. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Also in Laguna Beach, they wore short prom dresses, by the way. They only wore a long dress to winter formal. Just hot tip for all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's dress to her senior prom looks like a nightie. <laughs> it is a vagina bandaid and it's bright red. Um, so Lauren just says, you know, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like put a little stitch in it and I'm going to wear this Alberta Ferretti dress to the club and it'll be cute. And (laughs) one thing I liked is that when Lauren's talking about the idea, Whitney says, I mean, that's psycho talk. Yeah, it (laughs) It is. is. It is. It is. And can we talk about how it didn't even look cute? It looked all bunchy and weird on the bottom. You could tell what she'd done. It actually, I noticed that the dress had that hem anyway. That's part of where she got the idea from. So it had sort of a bubble hem on the bottom, even though it was floor length. Well, it didn't look great short. No, no. And she, yeah, we'll get there. Um, So that's what she says she's going to do. And she gets out her sewing kit and brings a dress on the bed. Um, And then we are back in Crested Butte. Yeah. Uh, we are at the Timberline restaurant, which is uh, Tim and Darlene's restaurant. Yep. And the first thing I noticed and was shocked about, did you see what their appetizer was? Was it edamame? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was wondering that too. Yeah. It was a giant bowl of edamame. It's a steakhouse, isn't it? Or like an American restaurant? Yeah. Very weird. Very weird. Very weird. It was also a heaping bowl of edamame. Heap, yeah, gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did notice that. That's weird. <laughs> Probably because I'm always hungry and I always notice. Um, So then Heidi, I mean, the awkwardness of Spencer's entrance into the house is almost doubled in this scene at dinner. And I feel like I was sweating. And Heidi says, I'd like to give a toast to my parents. They've always been there for me. (laughs) They've always been there for me. And they've always supported me. And she looks at Spencer and says, and that's it. (laughs) <laughs> and the other thing, did you notice, and I noticed it in this and the other scene later on with Spencer and Heidi, that she's, he doesn't drink. No, they keep ordering tea. Yeah. Like, <gasps> Darlene, they're all drinking wine, except oh, yeah. for Spencer at this dinner, and later, he doesn't drink either. Yeah. Heidi so had a glass of red wine in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Heidi kind of gets her mom involved in the argument in a way that I don't appreciate. 
And she said, Mom, what were you saying earlier today about Spencer needing to respect my space? It was so gross and such so a childish gross. move. Yeah. And throwing her mother under the... It was stupid. It was awful. And so... And also, like, we're supposed to believe that these people, the four <laughs> of them, have been stuck in a house all day and none of this has come up until dinner. Like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and then they actually have an argument in front of Heidi's parents. Yeah. She says, you left. And he said, you're a hypocrite. You left. You're in Colorado. And he said, my goal in coming here was to apologize. And I realized when you left that you are my whole life. And it's just so painful. Nothing comes out of it. It's painful. And here's the issue with Spencer throughout this whole show. The words coming out of his mouth are the correct words that should be coming out of his mouth, but behind his eyes, it looks like he wants to stab her to death. Yeah. Like, there's this undercurrent of violence with him at all times. And so even though the things he's saying, which are, I fucked up, I'm terrible, I can't live without you, but, but he says it in this weird, calmly, dead-eyed, like, I could reach over this table and literally choke the life out of you any minute. Yep. That is so disturbing. We should be glad he found jujitsu. Oh my God. Thank God. Yeah. But it, it, it is true. Like he says everything with anger behind his eyes. He yeah. says, I realized you were my whole life. Yeah. You know, like he would rather keep her chained in the basement. And that's the kind of thing I feel like you say to someone as you are chain linking a giant boulder to them before you throw them off a pier. It's very misery. Very misery. <laughs> very misery. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the whole issue with Heidi and Spencer throughout is that he does have this undercurrent of like seething rage and violence no matter what he's saying. Yes. So then we go back to Paris after this painfully awkward dinner and we are at Neo nightclub. Mm-hmm. Lauren is wearing the Alberta Ferretti dress with the hem taken up to about her knee. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing the Alberta Ferretti belt that they gave her with it. Yep. And she decided to throw a leather jacket over it to kind of give it street cred. Normally, I love a jean jacket or a leather jacket over something really feminine. But in this case, it just makes the dress look a little more awkward to me, especially because she's wearing pretty fancy open-toed shoes, even though it's cold out. I feel like if she had worn her long wool coat that we see her in later, it would have made more sense. Maybe her thought process was, I just want to wear like a lighter, easier to throw next to me jacket because we'll, we'll be at a table and... That said, I actually love the dress that Alberta Freddy gave her. I just don't like it with the shortened hat. No, me neither. I like it long. Did not right. like it short. But I like that it's got a very low neckline. It's On cute. someone with a smaller chest, it looks very nice. And it's like a um, kind of silver, gray, pleated silk. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, but not in this capacity. So, and this is where I get even more upset about what Lauren is wearing when she says that all the things she had weren't fancy enough we see what Whitney is wearing. You mean because she looks like an extra in the putting on the Ritz video? Yes. I was going to say she looks like a cheap cater waiter. Yeah. She's wearing a spaghetti strap tuxedo dress. dress. With a little bow tie at the bodice. Yeah. A little bit. It was all black and white. It looked, white looked like a tuck shirt with a little bow tie at the yeah. bodice. Spaghetti straps. Yeah. Like, I didn't see the bottom very well, though. I like, think it, it just long? went to black. Uh, but it was it long, short, in between? I almost wondered if it was a top tuck into shorts for a minute, but... No, I think it was a dress. I would say that it's Betsy Johnson at best, and that's being forgiving. Does Betsy Johnson even do black and white? I don't know. 
I'm tempted to look I mean, I'm up. sure it was some designer or whatever the fuck. But, like, that's the thing. I'm sure she had something else sitting around her bag that Lauren could have borrowed. But, well, it's actually a totally moot point because what were the boys wearing? Jeans. Yeah, the same. They were all wearing jeans and flannel shirts. And they were almost dressed nicer the night before. Yeah. I know. They look like shit. And the other people at this club were not dressed to the nines. No. No. And then, oh, God. We meet Edwell, <laughs> the guy who apparently they met earlier, but we didn't. He is an escort at the ball, so they must have... Oh, maybe they met him at the photo shoot. There you yeah. go. So maybe the shoot wasn't out of order. Who? This episode's Inception. I can't go into yeah. it again. Um, <laughs> and he's like leaning into Lauren's left ear, and Matthias is in her right ear, and she looks pained by both of them. And... He said, are you sad to go back to LA very soon? She says she didn't really get to see Paris. And then they get up and leave. And all of a sudden we see Matthias chasing her down the sidewalk. And he says, you're not going to kiss me bye-bye? <laughs> no, first he goes, you're going to leave without saying goodbye. And then she's like, well, he's like, you're not going to kiss me without saying goodbye? Yeah, it's creepy. He says bye-bye. Yeah. That's what made it even worse. Um, <laughs> and she kind of gives him the cheek kiss, which in Paris is actually just like a handshake. It's like a home yeah. home, so it doesn't mean anything, but whatever. Um, and then he kind of trots back into the club, and I realize he's wearing the same boots as Austin Powers. Oh, no, but you're forgetting what he says about leaving in two days. Yes. He says, so you're leaving in two days, which means that that was... Fr so I guess... <laughs> oh, my God. How did you find that? It's that's actually, the dress. That's not the one she wore, but it's pretty It's close. very similar. Yeah. So, so are we assuming they showed up Friday night, the shoot was Friday day, they went out with these guys Friday night, then what did they do all day Saturday day? Because, oh, we forgot to tell you guys, we looked it up, and the ball was Sunday. Yes. It was Sunday, November 25th of that year. So we looked it up. The ball was for sure on a Sunday. Yes. I, I don't know. I really can't figure out the timeline of this. I really, I really can't. For all we know, they could have filmed two club scenes in one day. or I have no idea. Oh, I know why this is all super fucked up, and I'll get to it in just two seconds. So he talks about going back to two days. Then what happens the next day, the next morning? We're in the hotel, and the dress is fucked up. Yeah. And the ball is that night. Yeah. Which is Sunday. Yeah. So it doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Knows that we lost a day. Yeah. I also just, I don't think he knew when she was leaving. I mean, if there was anybody who wasn't going to know it was this random French extra that they made her film with. Oh, wait a minute. This was Saturday night then. Well, that's where we're fucked up because this for sure, Neo Nightclub had to be Saturday night. Yes. And he says you're leaving in two days. But she then tells someone else they're leaving Sunday, but they for sure didn't leave till Monday. Yeah, they I didn't know. leave straight from that ball. No. So she's a dumb dumb. So it wouldn't surprise me either if Lauren lied to Ed Wab because she said we're leaving Sunday because she did not want to fucking. Have oh, okay, bed. that makes sense because they left. They left Monday afternoon. Yeah. Um. So they have their club night. They go back. Then we're in the hotel the next morning, and Lauren has taken her dress off. It's really weird. They'd hung their dresses on the molding around the cutout, like where the TV was. I wonder if the closet wasn't tall enough for a ball gown. Maybe. Well, like my wedding dress, for example, was pretty long because it was made to fit me with heels on. So I wonder if like my closet was a little short and it would have hung on the ground a little and it, you don't want wrinkles in it. I don't know. 
And I wasn't allowed to fold my dress at the hem either because it was bad for it or whatever. Oh, so I it's don't. possible. But so Ding <laughs> I Dong, like that I'm just making excuses for everything they're doing. So Ding Dong Lauren takes her dress off the molding. This is where I get really pissed. And she starts to cut the stitches that she's put in the dress out. And then she realizes that there's something on the dress. And she goes, oh my God. Oh my God, there's a stain. It looks like there's coffee. I think it's coffee. Oh my God. And like she smells it. And then she shows Whitney and she's like, but I checked it last night. It was fine. Well, and the funny thing is she said, I let it down last night when we got home, but she didn't. She was taking out the stitches. Oh, I thought she said I checked it last night when we got home. I think she said both, but she's freaking out about the stain on the back of the dress. Uh huh. And she and Whitney are both smelling it and touching it and trying to figure out what it is. And Lauren said she didn't see it last night. Yeah. She says, no, it definitely wasn't there last night because I checked it. Right. So Whitney starts calming her down immediately. And this is where I want to figure out what's happening in the scene because Lauren's reaction actually seems genuine. It does. She starts crying and she seems horrified that she may have ruined this amazing dress. Yeah. And Whitney says, don't cry, don't cry. We'll figure it out. And then Lauren realizes... She gets up and she walks over to where the molding was where she'd hung the dress and notices what? The curling iron is still on from last night. Yeah. And the curling iron had burned the dress. Now, my favorite thing is that Whitney then goes, the curling iron does something like that? Like, what the fuck, Whitney? You're not that dumb. Yeah. Like, yes, super hot things are going to burn and stain fabric. Also, that dress was made of delicate silk. Yeah. Um, number two is I feel like the other thing, the elephant in the room that wasn't mentioned is, oh my God, thank God we're not dead. I and know. the curling iron didn't set the dress on fire and we didn't die in this Paris hotel room. They're so lucky that's all it burned. Yes. That also could have gone up in flames. flames. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they could yes. be dead. I know. Dead. I don't understand that at all. And so then they call the guy. At- oh, no, 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 no. What you're missing, and this really pissed me off, and I'm not missing it, but. Okay. So Lauren, Whitney goes, do you want me to call him? And Lauren goes, yes. Yeah, and I, I would my not notes, volunteer to make that Man call. up, Elsie, with an exclamation point, because you're the one that fucked up. You're the one that burned the dress. Why does Whitney have to put out your fires for you? Literally put out your fires for you. I know. You. I would never make that phone call. No. I'd be like, Lauren, you, an adult, you need to deal with this. Right. So then Whitney actually does call the store. Yeah. On behalf of Lauren and says, quote, we found a little stain on the dress. That can't be washed out. It's a fabric burn. It's a burn. burn. It done. Dress is done. Toast. The dress is trash. Trash. It is a $3,000 piece of trash. Minimum. Yeah. And a stain, you can get out. Burn, nothing. You're done. Right. You could then cut it and make it into a knee length dress. Right. So then Whitney says onto the phone, into the phone, I know this isn't your problem. And this is where things get funny because yeah. it seems like he said something, which is probably like, how is that my problem? Yeah. And she's like, I know it's not your problem. And then all of a sudden he gets nice, apparently. This is where I really flip my shit on the inside. So then they scramble, scramble, scramble because he says that he can help them if they leave in 15, 15 minutes. minutes. If they get there in 15 minutes. Right. So they scramble and Stefan drives them and Lauren runs out of the car. And all of a sudden this nice man who works at Alberta Ferretti runs down the stairs with a new garment bag, smiles at Lauren and says, it's a very special gown. And P.S. Where's the stain gown? Why didn't you bring it back? That's where I get pissed off later. Yeah, I know. Um, but so, here's the thing. Was this fake? Yeah. 
Well, did they burn it on purpose because it was a controlled burn and that whole dress would have gone up in fucking flames. flames. Yeah. And was it really Alberta Ferretti? The if burn they were, dress? Yeah. If they were kind enough just to hand her a brand new one, was the first one real? I think the first one could have been a real Alberta Ferretti, Alberta Ferretti, but it could have been like three seasons ago. It could have like whatever. Or maybe it was already damaged and we just didn't see the back of it. Fuck if I know. Or for them, it was great publicity. Like this is free advertising for us on MTV. Right. And we've said Alberta Ferretti on the show now 50,000 times because had you ever heard of Alberta Ferretti? I haven't. I have. But it's because I read the Daily Mail and I always read what celebrities are wearing on the red carpet. But so what I don't understand is that Lauren's reaction seems real and she seems very upset that the dress actually burned. So I don't, I can't tell what's real and what's not. I think it's possible that she actually burned it. There's no way that it did it overnight though. That means she turned on the curling iron that morning behind the dress and burned it. But it's, they were getting ready to go to the ball. So maybe she turned it on, put it right. on, Burned it. Like, yes, I she can was, see that. So she was dumb enough to burn it. Yeah. But it didn't, it doesn't mean the curling iron was on overnight. No. And they were very vague about that. I think they wanted us to believe it was, but I think in actuality that, cause it doesn't, it takes like three seconds to burn something like that with a curling I mean, I know I do it all the time at work. If I put a curling iron on a towel at work, it will burn it in and two seconds. given the curls in Lauren's hair, she puts that shit on high. Oh, of course she does. Yeah. And I guarantee she was like, oh, I'll just warm up my curling iron while I let out the hem. I think that's what happened. Okay. Well, the other thing is that was not her curling iron. Right. It was she didn't have a fucking European curling iron. She may have had a voltage adapter though. You can't. Oh. It would explode. Oh, okay. I tell people that all the time. And in fact, sidebar, those of you listening, this is a little <laughs> like help for you if you're ever in Europe. Don't use a goddamn adapter. Because I told this to a girlfriend of mine years ago. She went to England, wouldn't listen to me, plugged her straightening iron in with the adapter, Put it in her hair, and literally she went. Like, she put it on her oh. hair, pulled down, and her hair came right off with it. Oh my god! And your blow dryer works. But in fact, even me, who has warned people of this when I was in Hong Kong, brought my trimmers with me because I wanted to trim my beard. Plugged in the adapter, and it went and melted the motor. That's right. You can't. The voltage is different. The voltage is different. Yeah. So it, that wasn't even her curling iron. That was some like someone gave it to her, whatever. She bought it there, whatever. So, but you add an interesting piece to the puzzle. Was there like a makeup and hair person in the room and they're the one that turned it on and burned the dress? And, Possibly. And therefore Alberta Freddy was like, oh, poor you. Like your stylist ruined it. Oh, no, no, no. I think what happened and we, this will come to fruition later when we see what happens to the burned dress. I think that either she or MTV bought it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they were like, sure, we'll lend you another dress. Yeah. Pay for the first one. We'll lend you another one. Yeah. Because we all know what happens to the second one later. We'll talk about it in a minute, but. Yeah. It really pissed me off. And then we have to go back to Colorado. <laughs> well, for the other thing that I put that was funny before Colorado is they get in the um, Mercedes with Stefan driving and they're like, drive really fast. And all I could think of was like, that didn't bode well for Princess Diana in Paris driving really fast. Yeah. Like you might want to be careful about that ladies. Yeah. Actually, there's a moment when Lauren gets out of the car. I don't know if you saw it. I think it's in the very first scene in Paris when they go to Colette to pick up the shoes. You see a flash of a camera. Did you oh, no, that? I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if maybe someone recognized them filming and just, like, took a oh, picture. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So let me go back to Colorado. <sighs> and Spencer and Heidi are at a brewery. Crested Butte Brewery. 
And it's just more of the same. There's too much pressure. Heidi wants her friends back. This is about to be a one-way relationship. And then Heidi says, when I get back to LA, I want you to be moved out. Yeah, basically they decide they're going to live apart. It makes it seem like they're breaking up. They're not bleh. Yep. There we go. We're summing that up quickly. And then we are at the Creole Ball. Let's just get to it. Um, the what, My one note about this is I put that Elsie is Kimball's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he was definitely ordering her around. She's not even doing anything, though. I know. I mean, or he's giving her busy work. It was stupid. Yeah. Whitney's at least holding the cards to help the announcer announce the designers of the dresses. She's at least doing something that's... Which I thought was interesting because um, my knowledge of debutante balls comes entirely from Gilmore Girls. Um, and I thought that at Debutante Balls, they announced the debutante because it's like a coming out ball. Like, it's like you're a debutante now. They announce the people. They don't hold up cue cards with the names of the designer dresses on them. Well, so the other thing that I thought was weird, I could see them saying, this is Madeline wearing blah, 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 Ferretti, whatever. That doesn't, that makes sense to me. But I would think that whoever is announcing it would have it on cards right in front of them. They wouldn't be looking across the room at these random cue cards. Correct. I agree. I thought it was strange. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and someone comes over and kind of tells the bellhops standing next to Whitney uh, that they're doing it wrong. And why are the bellhops involved? I died. It was the whole thing was strange. Yep. Um, so Lauren also, I don't like this dress that she's wearing to the ball as much as I liked the other one. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. It just not, it was a strapless and it made her bodice looked awful. Like yeah. her tits looked terrible. So it was in a it. very deep sweetheart, sweetheart, almost like looked like she had white seashells on her boobs. Yeah. But it was really low. Yeah. You got to have big tits for that dress and she doesn't. Yeah, but even, it's just not a, it's not a dress style I really like on a lot of people. I agree with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. And the fact that it was white was just, I didn't, I didn't like it. And her hair was really big. Oh, I liked her hair. But it was big. It wasn't big. It was kind of big. For Laura, I mean, she does do big curls. She does bigger hair than I do. But it was tight on the sides and there's some curls in the back. It was just like a chignon with some curls in the back and like a side sweep in the front. I thought it looked big. I liked it better after it got smushed. I mean, it was with very hair. prom. It I know. It was like prom hair. It's true. I, I liked it better after it got smushed with the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we see Whitney have this really awkward conversation with Kimball about and, her career out of nowhere. And he was being a dick to her. Yeah. He basically was like, oh, I noticed that when you were taking notes for the girls earlier, you didn't seem into it. You seem kind of over it. Like, what do you actually want to do? Yeah, because I'm here to be your bitch and I'm not that into it. And how do you be into that? Be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can't wait to take notes about this. Like, <laughs> tell me more about your life over privileged 18 year old, please. So stupid. So and dumb. She basically says that she wants to be a stylist. Yeah, great. And actually, no, what she says is she wants to do styling. Styling. Yep. Um, so then Matthias calls Lauren and says he wants to take her on a ride. To show her Paris. And Whitney's actually very sweet and a good actress in this scene too. And says, <laughs> when are you ever going to be able to see a Midnight Ride of Paris? You should do it. You know, and it's convincing. Yeah, it is convincing. <laughs> um, so then Lauren goes outside and you see Matthias looking like Easy Rider. I was into it. In Leather jacket, yeah. cigarette, Vespa. I was fine with it. And then you see Lauren kind of mount the bike. Well, first of all, let's talk about this. Okay, yeah. so this bitch has already ruined one dress. I know. Then she decides to get in a floor-length white evening gown in the on rain. a Vespa in, in the, the rain. rain. Yep. You are a genius, Lauren. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I would be like, no, my dress. Like, I, she's a dum-dum. Yeah. Yep. 
A dumb dumb. Yep. And so I guess we learned this from the anniversary special, right? Yes. That this never really happened. It never really happened. It was all produced uh, by the producers that in actuality, Lauren wanted nothing to do with Mateus and that they get on the Vespa and they literally just drive around the block. Although I'm assuming her hotel must have been close to this hotel because they leave out of the yeah. ball hotel and he drops her off at her hotel. But they must have been a block away. But according to the special, they drive around the block. Yeah. And they make it seem like they drive all over Paris. Right. And you can really tell. Well, because it's funny because all of the footage of Paris has no scooter in it. And then there is one shot of a scooter, <laughs> but there's only one person on it. And it's just for like a second and it's not them. Right. So they have a shot of like Lauren and Matthias looking to the right. Yep. And then they show us a nighttime shot of Notre Dame, but they're not one in the same. No. Yeah. And what we do know from this special that we saw some, some deleted footage is that he does like her and like wants to kiss her. And she, like, takes off running inside the hotel, and he's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? When actually, in the episode, they did a good job editing. Oh, they did a great job editing. Because they actually make it look like she gives him a hug and then smiles at him, and I don't think that's what happened. No, it's not, because we saw what really happened. He's just like, what the fuck? I wonder if they made her film that stare smile twice. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I bet he wasn't even anywhere around no, when she did it. he wasn't. That's yeah. why she was smiling, is that he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's actually really nice to her, though, which makes me feel kind of bad for him. But if you remember, in the uncut footage, he was a dick. He was just like, what's the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, like I, right. Yeah, he was a dick. Like, like what's her problem? Yeah. Oh. Like, I'm so great. So, like, I, th I think I'm kind of with her on this one. True. I forgot about that. Well, because in the shot, he's, like, kind of nice to her, and he says, okay, darling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He is two-faced. Forget it. Never mind. Um, but she gives him a hug, and she's able to fake it. At least they, you know, they yeah. made it look proper. So then we see the girls packing up their hotel room. I was about to say in Vegas, in Paris. Excuse me. It's a long one. And they say, I wish we were staying longer. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. And, oh no, I'm sorry. She says staying longer. And then she says, I want to get into styling. Um, was well, okay. you missed a little something. We had another short Crested Butte moment. And I just wrote Crested Butte boring. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so. I actually stopped taking notes on Crested Butte. Okay, well, so for you guys, like, there was a little, in between these two, there was a little Crested Butte dumbness, and we'll just, now we're back to Paris. Was it them saying bye? Yeah, it was stupid. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I literally just wrote Crested Butte boring. I yeah, don't, no, like, it was awful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Whitney says she wants to do more styling, and she's done being behind a desk at Teen Vogue. And so we see Lauren again packing, so this must be Lauren's hotel room. Yeah. Because Whitney's not packing. And you see Lauren put the stained slash burned dress in her suitcase. Yeah, Mayor B caught it. She totally caught it. She and, drags yeah. it slowly across the shot. You can see the stain move over her hand. Yep. And she like just like throws it in the bag. Yeah. Like it's not even like at a guard. Like she's just like, like throws it in her suitcase. Yep. Yep. Don't think I'm not going to look up that Alberta Freddy collection and see if that was a real dress. Because I will. Well, someone bought it. I don't know if Lauren bought it or MTV bought it, but someone bought that dress. No, I know, but I wonder if it actually was for Eddie or whether it was just like a dummy dress that they knew they were going to burn. I think it was. I'm just saying. I'm going to I'm going to scope it out. I I wonder if someone's written about it. I don't know. We'll have to look it up and see. I know. I wish the anniversary special had talked about that instead of Mattias. I know, right? I would rather know about the burned dress. Oh, I like the Mattias thing though. I like knowing that. Fine. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> 
Well, because, I want to know where Because in this special, one. that was the only one of her boyfriends that they really, like, blew out of the water. Like, not boyfriends, but, like, one of the... Well, they were like, this is totally fake. That's true. Um, and then, was it Whitney or Lauren? Who said, I think it was Whitney who said, back to L.A., back to reality. Yeah. Ha ha. Double entendre. Yeah. So they're uh, leaving Paris, and they're back to L.A. Great. And that was it. We got some epic scenes for the rest of the season, though. We did. Um, well, and then this, this, that was, this was annoying because for the scenes for the next, they say, this season on the hills, yeah. which implies that we're going to season four and we're not. It's just part two of season three. Um, we get a shit ton of Kelly Catrone, which I'm beyond excited about. Oh, safe haven. Um, we get to learn about Brody and the girl, the girlfriend that was, our dream was talking about, whose name is Cora. Yep. And we get the return of Stephen Coletti. Yeah. Yep. Which is a maze. So I, that's, that's it, correct? That's pretty much it? Yeah. And are we going to be taking a holiday break? We are taking yes. a holiday break, so we won't be, um... Broadcasting next week because it's Christmas. Uh, normally we would release on the 26th, but we're not going to. So instead, we will be coming to you on the first week of January. Yes. All right. So we'll see you guys in the new year in 2017. I hope you all have an amazing holiday season, no matter what holiday you celebrate, and we'll talk to you in January. <sighs> and that's our episode. And you can find the podcast on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at frankly Mayor B. and if you have any comments or questions you can email us at frankly B at gmail.com you can find me personally on instagram and twitter at nana's mink and you can find me on twitter and instagram at hey it's Mayor B. thank you all for listening we appreciate it we'd love it if you could go to itunes and give us a star rating and review and please subscribe until next time